The call has been made to the pen, and we bring in Evan Kahn along with me, Scott Beatty, and this is the second hour of Sports Talk. So glad you're with us. We have a potential for the trifecta of various baseball teams because the Cubs have won, and now the White Sox have won. A very good game. Very different types of games. Very good games for both teams. And the Cardinals and the Braves will play tonight with Miles Michaelis on the hill. But let's uh, start with the Cubs and uh, Josh Hader. Yeah, he is. He's easy. No problem. The Cubs have no problem getting runs in the late innings off of Josh Hader. Uh, I, I'd have to look at the stats, but you're not too far off. They tend to, to get to him more times than you would think that they would. And that's what happens when you miss the strike zone with the first four pitches that you get. Wisdom gets the leadoff walk. He steals second because closers aren't designed to get guys out on the base pass. They're designed to get guys out at the plate. And then what do you know? Uh, P.J. Higgins just takes what they give him, and, and the Cubs are, are on their way. And I, I heard Lauren steal my thunder. They, they've they been playing not just good baseball, but good baseball against really good teams. And after Kyle Hendricks went on the shelf today, four mm-hmm. of their five opening day starting pitchers now are on the I.L., and they're still finding ways to win games. That is baseball. Nobody... Nobody says, let's shelve all our starting pitching (laughs) and expect to win, and then yet you kind of do because sometimes that's just how baseball goes. Make no mistake, the Cubs are 14 games below 500 right now, and they're 12 games out of the division race behind Milwaukee. But it's kind of fun Oh, how they're playing. Yeah, it's got to be fun. We're right at the midway point. Last night was game 81. Uh, They just finished 82. We still got half the way to to go, so hopefully they sprinkle some wins in there along the way, and this is really coming with the young guys playing. Morel's been playing every day for for going on a month now. Suzuki came back. Did you see the home run he hit yesterday? The Mm -hmm. fastball was like six inches inside, and he somehow kept it fair, and he hit it like 370 feet down the left field line. Um, He continues to impress. Jason Hayward's not playing. Frank Schwindel isn't playing. Love them both as human beings, but as baseball players, they just really don't fit what the Cubs are trying to do. If you're trying to retool, rebuild with young, athletic guys that you look to pencil into the lineup for the next three to five years, those guys aren't it. They've brought in the young guys, and the Cubs are winning. And and, and it's been a, a fun three weeks in a season that hasn't necessarily been fun. So the Cubs are going to go from Milwaukee out to L.A. Now they know what it'll be like to play in the Big Ten, and they'll face <laughs> the Dodgers uh, tomorrow. The Cubs 7-3 and three in their in their last ten games as they beat Milwaukee today. Coming up, Nico Hefflinger from Fox, Illinois. He is going to be signing off as a sports anchor there at the end of the week. So we got to make sure that he uh, gets a little time with us before he changes uh, – occupations good news for us he's still going to be in the area we may tap his shoulder from time (laughs) to time but nico will join us uh coming up and then the white Sox today after four innings were tied at three with the twins and every time after that a team scored the white Sox. i should say it this way every time the twins scored the white Sox would match them in the bottom half of that inning it goes to the 10th tied at eight and they get the walk-off win. But maybe the other big headline, well, is Eloy Jimenez 
with uh, the uh, with the uh, walk off. No, I'm sorry. Leori Garcia hit the walk off single, but uh, Jimenez hit a home run. Mm-hmm. First game back since what May? April? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time. And then he singled in another tying run in the seventh inning. Just a uh, that's a. I don't know if that game. We'll see how this game, given how the Sox have gone, but they need to turn this game into momentum because that's a huge emotional win. You get a game on your first-place division team, you get a guy back, um, and you just kept responding every time. Don't love that you gave up eight runs, but you got nine when you needed them. They they had to get this one, especially, as you said, they went down big a couple of times and they responded. This goes into extra innings and you lose. You get swept at home by the team that's in first place with even more division games to go. That's not good, but they pulled out the win. This is what you expect from that offense. It's not going to happen every time because baseball is baseball and you can't necessarily hit your way out of things all the time, but they've got enough guys in that lineup that they can put together six, eight, ten runs in bunches when they need to, and they just haven't done that enough. Also, they're starting pitchers. You know, Lance Lynn can can give all the hand gestures he wants, but when you're giving up five runs or more in less than five innings, you're not doing your job. So focus on that a little more mm-hmm. instead of all, all the extracurriculars that you're doing. Pass that along to the rest of the pitching staff, too. Michael Kopech got blown up last night. Uh, they had to go to a, a position player against the team that's in first in your division. I mean, that's just not good. So great for for the White Sox to get this win. They've got Detroit coming in, who ha- hasn't been what many thought going into the year. So maybe you can use this to, to build to momentum because, yeah, I, I mean, they're still under 500, and now we're past the midway point. So you're going to turn it on this is about the time to do it <laughs> three four weeks ago was about the time to do it but now would also be a, 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 at least a, a a decent time maybe not ideal because ideal was you know a while ago <laughs> but no no it's it's good yeah Aloy Aloy was back they got hits everywhere Moncada Moncada went down sounds like he fouled a ball off himself but uh doesn't sound like he's going to hit the IL he hasn't stayed healthy uh for for the majority of this season but uh if they can get Jimenez hitting and Jose Abreu's bopping the ball I I thought every time I checked the box score he was getting a hit Uh, he's got like a, a 450 average over his last 15 games it's just insane so starting pitching bullpen can can help pick him up and they can stay healthy maybe they can make a run at this thing so Cardinals tonight against uh, Max Freed. Sorry, eight-game winning streak for him. He's eight and two, and Miles Michaelis five and six. Braves have been playing well. Uh, I know Lauren's concerned, uh, but th- they're also playing a-, a hot team. But yeah, Lauren's right. The, the starting pitching has uh, been struggling for the Cardinals. But we'll see if we can they can get a trifecta. We can get a tri. Can we should we should get a thing when Cubs, Sox, and Cardinals win. I know that. Obviously, it's not possible if they're facing each other. But like, when all three win, <laughs> then 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 we could be it's, totally uh, pandering to everybody in our mm-hmm. audience. Mm-hmm. We we need to get a thing, uh, give it a name, or or, or or make a sound for it, or something. When all three win, that's that's a really good idea because yeah, it's just absolute bliss for for all baseball fans. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody can be angry. We'll come up with something. And is is as dumb as it is because, like I said, the Cubs are way are out of it, uh, but. That's the beauty of this game 
it doesn't there is still some of those like well today's today mm-hmm. and it feels good when you win i have covered some really bad teams in baseball and then they get a win and it's you're long gone uh you know you're mathematically out of it, it still feels good yeah for a, for that day because that's yeah, that's one that's what baseball is and we talk about this all the time on the football and basketball post game shows because we're baseball guys and football and basketball are completely different in that most of the time if you leave the diamond with a loss there's going to be another game tomorrow and if you lose that one there's going to be another game the the day after that so you've got to wash the day before you've got to enjoy the day that you got and then look ahead to the next one you can't spend too much time looking ahead or, or, or looking back. So, yes, for today, we're going to enjoy the Cubs win. If you have anything to weigh in on, you can do so on our Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Um, Nico Hefflinger is coming up. Some other headlines today. Illinois Track and Field and Cross Country Program Director, which is the official title from Mike Turk. They're making a change there. Illinois Athletic Director Josh Whitman announcing that today that he will not be returning, that Mike Turk will not be returning for next season. He had been part of the coaching staff since 2016, last 11 years as the head coach, and then when they combined all of the running and uh, field programs into one overall program, he was over all of it. So essentially a head coach, but kind of oversight of of everything. But anyway, he is not coming back. And Josh Whitman specifically cited a lack of competitive success for the track and field program since 2015, with notable exceptions, of course, especially with certain individuals. Uh, but they won a Big Ten championship in 2015. And they're making a change since they haven't seen that success since. And Josh Whitman is saying uh, the non rev sports are important too. This yeah, it's the the next step. Uh, I believe he he also mentioned in there the the renovations to Demersion Park. As we've talked about, they've just kind of brought the floor level up for everything as far as facilities go. And, and you're supposed to, you can parlay those things into better athletes and better performance. And, and uh, now that the facility's done, it's time to to get that on field performance. But yeah, you know, Mark Turk, a great career here uh, at Illinois, and. With that job changing while he was in it, uh, I'm sure there's other folks who ha- have seen that transition and they can come in with kind of, you know, their eyes wide open to, to the whole situation. Because when Mark came into the program 15 years ago, <laughs> that wasn't a thing. And, and then he just kind of developed into that position. I know there's some good people uh, in that program on the on the assistant coaching side of things and the, the staff side of things. So I don't know what it means for all them, but I uh, hope good things for all involved but this is after all a success-based business when it comes to sports and uh, you hope that they do see some success Rafael Nadal a winner today went five sets with uh, Taylor Fritz and so the uh, remaining American on the uh, men's side is out but uh, a a star advances again I did not know this but when we talked with Mike Cation last hour he meant that there had been a movement or there has been some clamor for the men to play three sets in the majors instead of five now men play three sets in all of their other events except for the Grand Slam events Um, but if if that was the case yesterday Novak Djokovic doesn't advance Mm. and um elite talent is rewarded along with endurance when you go five sets that's what happened today that uh, that was a, a really interesting conversation you and lauren had with him last hour and really to that point as somebody from the outside 
you, you don't really think about that. Yeah, you know, three sets versus five sets, you know, what, what's the difference? Usually the, the best player wins, but your strategy uh, completely changes when you go from, from three to five sets, and, and it sounds like it's kind of set up for the more successful players to have success in the five-set system, and maybe it's a little more wide open for the three sets. So if you want parity, that sounds like a, a pretty good idea. Somebody, I'm sure, has done it. It'd be interesting to know who would have won all of the Grand Slams <laughs> if it was a best of three. Now, obviously, the psychology changes. If you're tied 1-1 and whoever wins the third set, you know they didn't win actually win it. But uh, if you could figure that out, mm -hmm. I'd just be curious. Who, who would actually be the best uh, major winners <laughs> on the men's side? Nico Hefliger from Fox, Illinois, is coming up. He will join us here in studio. We'll have some fun chatting it up with him. Uh, tomorrow, uh, this hour, we will talk tomorrow with Alex Pelcheski and Alex Pilstrom, two offensive linemen. They're not offensive in their personality. They just play on offense, just to make that clear. Uh, not they're, offensive, but offensive. Yeah, that's right. They're not offending anybody, <laughs> we, we don't think. Stay with us. Coming back with Nico Hefflinger. Day early, isn't it? Oh, you're right. I'm on the wrong. Yeah, well, uh, we, we get what you're saying. Nico's in the building. Okay, okay. <laughs> I get what you're getting at. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thursdays are hip hop, Wednesdays are the blues. And we're a little blue anyway, because <laughs> if you turn on your televisions in the nine o'clock hour to get your news and your sports, you'll no longer see Nico Hefflinger. After this Friday, you won't have Nico to kick around anymore. How you doing, sir? <laughs> doing good. Yeah, I got about seven and a half or so minutes left uh, on air. <laughs> <laughs> you only have <laughs> you only it's have seven like, and a half minutes left it, of work. It doesn't sound like a lot when you put it that way. <laughs> and let's be honest, it is a lot, but it's not as a lot as other people's jobs, right? You were you were talking about this in break, didn't you? You you put it out there on social media yesterday. Like, what's something that people think is really easy but it isn't or most people what was your wording on that you had a, a question of the day i don't think i put that out there oh you didn't you were just telling me like we, we have a we all have jobs that are sometimes perceived to be easy but they're yeah. actually hard mm -hmm. but they're not as hard as other things yeah i mean this this industry is uh, obviously, you know, you guys are used to it. I think a lot of people just think like, oh, we kind of just show up and, you know, just talk about sports a little bit. But there's there's so much behind the scenes, so much with with social media now where it's like, you know, 24, 7, 365. We got to be on our phones ready. It's like, oh, boy, what's going on on Twitter and, and all that. And, um, you know, it's something that just kind of got a little much, um, but had a had I've had a great 10 years uh, in the industry, uh, six years in Champaign now. So. Kind of bittersweet uh, to be leaving, but going to be, you know, taking a Monday through Friday, nine to five job. So now I'll be able to get out of some games as a fan. Yeah. Yep. The seats might not be quite as good, but <laughs> it should still be pretty fun to, to be able to get out there and, you know, follow the, some of these uh, Illini teams and what's been a great tenure for them. Well, if you come in November, you might be missing that press box, but the... Uh the exuberance of the crowd and the whole that whole side of things. The press box meals is going to be <laughs> somebody. Uh, someone asked me, you know, what what are you going to miss the most? And kind of jokingly, I was like, press box meals without question. <laughs> well, you start to go around a little bit uh, to other places, and you realize there's some 
got a pretty good. Illinois has got a good press box meal. I haven't gotten to do that many in the Big Ten. I've made a few road trips to Indiana, Wisconsin, Purdue. Um, but, yeah, the, the Illinois press box meal is it's up there in the Big Ten. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been to a ton of them. I'm sure an Ohio State puts out a solid spread, you know, just being the program that they are. But Kent Brown, killing it over there. Hey, but I still have my scruples. Uh, you can put out all the best food you want. But I am not going to be a shill for your, ooh, free Jarlings? Go Illini! <laughs> <laughs> I've had Jarlings at a football game one time, the press box Jarlings, and it is so frozen <laughs> in that little container. I, I think we just, it, you know, we turn it down to maybe a seven and then, you know, let it get a you, little melty. You do need a chisel. Yeah. To get you into either got to get it pregame, maybe eat it at halftime, or uh, or really work it. And they, it took you know, old Andy Dufresne 20 years <laughs> to get through that custard. <laughs> It is a per- deep the perfect analogy for that. <laughs> There's somebody last summer, or maybe it was the fall, I don't know, but there was a thread that somebody put together of the Big Ten schools as far as press box spreads go, and Illinois was number two or three, so uh, I, I believe it. I haven't been anywhere, but you, you said it, you, you haven't got to go a whole lot of places, but I saw somebody put out a list of their toughest places, but what was what were some of your more enjoyable trips, some of the, the places that you got to see around the Big Ten that, that maybe you didn't get to see outside of your job? Well, football, uh, one of the most memorable games that I've covered was that game at Wisconsin a few years ago where we had all four seasons in one game. <laughs> we get there, and it's a typical cold, <clears throat> late fall, winter Was day. this the Graham Mertz game? Uh, no, this would have been the year before year that because that was the COVID year. Oh, yeah. Media okay. wasn't allowed to travel that year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, no, this would have been the year before. Uh, yeah, really cold. We park about a mile and a half <laughs> from the stadium, so I'm carrying all my gear, and then it starts snowing. Uh, that, like, blizzard came in in the second quarter, and then all the snow melted, and it was like a perfect <laughs> spring day, and it rained for a while. We had rain, snow, sun. That was that was a wild one. I thought you could see you went through all four stages, you know, of denial, anger, bargaining. And I mean, I think that <laughs> might have happened as well during that game because that wasn't uh, certainly wasn't the golden era of Illinois football. Um, so there were some struggles there. Uh, some w- one of the other, I think my personal favorite venue that I've been able to go to for covering a game was Purdue basketball. Mm-hmm. I just think the court, the seat layout is is so unique. In the Big Ten, you got some fans right on top of you, but you're kind of able to to spread out a little bit on courtside as well. Indiana is another one where, you know, having those fans and the band like right on top of you. I think the bench even curls around the baseline, which <laughs> some s- NBA kind of stuff seems kind of crazy that like is their court shorter? It almost feels <laughs> like it because you got like four players on the bench sitting like next to the media over there. Um, but, yeah, there's been some some fun ones on the road and, you know, getting to experience some of those stadiums. Stadiums and uh, from like I had kind of said during the break, I or I, I might have said it. I, I can't remember if it was on break or on air, but uh, you know, getting to go to some games, uh, I'd I'd love to continue. And the seat won't be quite as good as what I've been accustomed to over the last few years. Getting to sit courtside to some amazing things, but it'll be uh, it'll be fun to enjoy some of those as a fan. I think you're going to miss the California assignments now, starting in 2024. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll just have to take a trip out there then myself. <laughs> and then I won't have to work. I can just enjoy the trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, was your jaw on the floor like mine was when that announcement came out? It just seemed bizarre. I wasn't too shocked by it. I think, you know, with all the conference realignment that we've seen in recent years and then, uh, you know, 
Texas recently, you know, making the shift and all these schools jumping around. Um, I don't think anything's a surprise anymore. <laughs> it's still weird to think that like Maryland and UCLA are in the same conference. So the Big Ten's now spanning, I think it's like 2,700 miles, a little more mm-hmm. than that, you know, coast to coast. And um, it's going to be very interesting. I think three years might even be too long of a period. It might be, you know, the next year or two, how much more change we start mm-hmm. to see. You know, people are kind of starting to talk about these mega conferences that it's going to be like the SEC and the Big Ten and then kind of everybody else. Talking with Nico Hefflinger, Fox, Illinois, for a couple more days and then – uh, he'll be a civilian again. You mentioned this, the spread of the Big Ten Conference. I saw somebody uh, tweet that the flight from Rutgers or Newark to L.A. is slightly longer than the flight from Newark to Reykjavik, Iceland. <laughs> just just put that in perspective. So are, are you saying if I'm ever in New Jersey, those are my options? <laughs> that's, your mid- yeah, that's, your, that's your midway point. I've that. heard Iceland is beautiful, so you might want to go Right, it's the reverse, right? Iceland's great. They call it Iceland because it's green, and Greenland's terrible mm-hmm. because it's covered in ice. Mm-hmm. See, that's I paid good. attention one time in school. World geography is a wild thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you said that you've been here for six years. You're from the state, right, uh, up near Chicago? Yeah, northern Illinois. So uh, my mom and dad both live an hour outside of the city. So, you know, kind of grew up going to, to all those games. I, I kind of wrote in my my farewell post that, you know, sports is something I've wanted to get into since I covered, went to my first Bears game with my dad in 1997 preseason game against the Cardinals. I still remember that one vividly, maybe more so than the game. I remember our truck bed starting on fire on the drive oh, back. Geez. Cause the uh, my dad didn't dump the coals out of the grill, and I kept you know a little uh, that Allstate commercial. It's real. Little five six year old me just kept turning around, and be like, Dad, those coals are uh, they're they're kind of burning. He's like, Ah, it's fine. And then at one point, it had tipped over, and it was not fine. <laughs> but w- were you an Illinois fan? I'm always curious when, when we have Chicago folk on, and you, I don't know. You didn't go to Illinois, did you? No, were I went you to, a fan. I went of to Western Illinois? Illinois for college. I didn't follow a lot of Illinois stuff until I actually moved out to Champaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I had friends that certainly the you know the 2005 run was big. Uh, I think back then I just didn't really watch college basketball all that much, and then with football it wasn't. It's just uh, up north it's very different. You know when you've mm-hmm. got oh I got the Bears every week. It's not like you know everybody's jumping in to get their favorite college team. There are certainly Illini fans up there, but I think it's a lot more like alumni people that kind of have a connection to the area rather than just like hey we're in Illinois we're uh, you know rooting for the Illini so really the only time I'd been to Champaign before moving out here was the one season that the Bears yeah. played at Memorial Stadium so went to one game that season kind of similar um I, I didn't you know I wasn't drawn to Illinois till I went here in school you know and I even you know I knew of some of the successes they had from the flying Illini and what have you and some of the good football but it was once you came here and then then it becomes of course now I've I'm holding back on my fandom you know, given that I'm in this position, right? Uh, but <laughs> no, I mean, it's my. It was the school I went to, so and 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 the town I live in. The the Chicago area, though, you know, I grew up in a Michigan household, and it's kind of more of just it's where you went rather than your state. Mm-hmm. And so you became the think, black sheep of the family then, rooting <laughs> for the Illini. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, but <laughs> actually, a lot of my, my parents and my in laws all went along with it, so they 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 root for Illinois too. Well, I, I was kind of curious how you were, were talking about all this changing, and, and it's been thrown around for the last few years, although I've kind of 
seen it as this the, the whole time, just college sports versus pro sports. What, what differences do you see? I've always considered college sports kind of to be minor league of the pro sports, especially when you consider there's no minor league for football, so you've got college football. The, the G League wasn't really a thing till like the last five years, so everybody was going to the college ranks. So, so how, do you, how have you seen college sports change, and, and how do you see it versus pro sports and your fandom maybe? I th- so pro sports has always been more so what I've been drawn to. I think college basketball maybe a little more than the NBA at times, particularly the NCAA tournament. I may mm-hmm. not watch a ton of games outside of you know our regular season games, maybe some of those big matchups, but NCAA tourney is one of the best events in sports, I think, <laughs> especially that opening weekend, which I've also found odd that I watch far more opening weekend than I do you know Sweet 16s, Final oh, Fours, yeah. things like that. You know, I might take a look at that game but I'm watching those those beginnings those 15-2 matchups I, I watch those ones even closer you know love, love seeing all those upsets but pro sports is definitely something I've followed more closely especially when it comes to football never been the biggest college football watcher which was mm-hmm. also something that was you know a, a, a factor in you know making the move outside of the industry where I know so many people that they'd come up and be like man that that Bama Clemson game this weekend, I'd be like, I I, I didn't see it. <laughs> as I as Scott would know, I was, you know, watching the latest Nick Cage release or something <laughs> like that. But um yeah, it's 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 fun to follow along, but it definitely is uh it's gonna be even more interesting to see coming on on now with NIL and you kinda talk about being like a minor league of kinds where it's gonna be interesting to see these guys coming in making money and then like is the money going to automatically factor into, you know, playing time? Mm-hmm. I think the next 3 to 5 years are going to be a fascinating one in the the landscape of college athletics and talking to Josh Whitman last week as well, he, you know, really wants to get in front of that and you know, a few days later, boom, the Big 10 makes this <laughs> groundbreaking move kind of I want to say almost in spite of what the NCAA probably wants. Yep. Uh, so that's you know, it sounds like he's definitely gotten some of his colleagues on his side because I, I know he has mentioned that he's a little more maybe progressive thinking than some of the other leaders. But I know he has a, a great deal of respect for everybody in the Big Ten, and they certain certainly seem to be leading the charge, if not, you know, right, right there in step with the SEC. You mentioned the Bears, and I, I caught something today. I think Brian Urlacher was on a podcast or something, kind of defending Jay Cutler a little bit. Um, saying Good. some of his rap is not wasn't deserved, especially the, the him love Jay. Us. yeah, yeah, huge uh, Jay fan, especially smoking Jay Cutler, right? Uh, did you ever see that? Oh, oh it was yeah, just absolutely. memes of him, you know, looking disinterested, and then somebody puts a cigarette in his in his photoshops a cigarette <laughs> into his mouth. I didn't see Erlacher's statements, but I did recently see a picture, and it was the best NFL players wearing every single jersey number. And you see some of them, you know, Walter Payton at 34 and some of these, you know, all-time greats, Tom Brady wearing 12. And then I kind of perusing it and I noticed it pretty late, but number six was Jay Cutler. Really? What? And I was pretty curious. <laughs> and then I I searched best NFL players to wear number six. The list is not that prominent. So <laughs> if it's not Jay, he's certainly got the strongest argument. To be the best NFL player to ever wear number six. See, something wrong not, with that number? Th- no. Well, kind of. I mean, it's it's a 
not an odd number, but it's a, a strange kind of number. You know, it's not a, a multiple of five quarterbacks, you know, nice round numbers, four, two, one, ten, something like that. Six doesn't really fit in. Two used to be like the holders number. That or used to be puncher. like the backup. Yeah. yeah, Brad Maynard. That's the first guy I think of when I think jersey <laughs> Wasn't it number Steve two. Fuller number two or something or number four or something like that. But yeah. But so so Jay Cutler's got not only number six, and people will debate this because there's just not a whole lot of great quarterbacks in the Bears' history. The guy who was sitting in this chair before me will tell you that it's Sid Luckman uh, back in the early days of the Bears. I, I think for for guys that grew up with what we did and. Once again, don't have a whole lot to pick from, but Jake Cutler's arguably the best statistical quarterback in Bears history. If, Without question. If Jim McMahon didn't get his head bashed in all those times, uh, he definitely would have been, but he didn't get to play enough games. So, yeah, I, I think Jake Cutler gets way more hate than he deserves. And my second favorite Bears quarterback... Without question, Kyle Orton. Yeah, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I used to have a – we had like an 8 by 10 picture of Kyle Orton and uh, my dad's Bears season ticket holder, so I have been to, went to a ton of games growing up. My brother and I were just absolute buffoons and uh, had that 8 by 10 Kyle Orton picture and we fashioned it into a necklace and I would wear that into the stadium <laughs> and just – Absolutely loving uh, – you know, honestly, he might have been the backup quarterback at that time as well, so – we were uh, we were big fans uh, before he really got his heyday. Highly accurate within ten yards. He had a great run in Denver for a few years. He did. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there was the ultimate game manager. Yeah. Make the Kyle Orton to me is almost what I would I would think that Illinois just wants out of a quarterback. Yeah. Don't make mistakes. Make solid reads and throws on short and medium routes. And if something's there long that you can get once in a while, great. But we don't need the, you know, just just be solid and be an innings eater and most of the time hand it off. Also want to throw out that Kyle Orton has one of my favorite retirement stories. I know I've heard this once or twice. I, I can't find it when I've searched for it. But I had heard that when he retired, he was at the team facility and they were like going to a meeting and he was like, yeah, I'll be right there. And then he just left. <laughs> And never came back, and that was how Kyle Orton ended his run in the NFL. Is that how you're how you're gonna do it on Friday night? Would you in your last <laughs> See, sports game? Just oh, I'll, go. I'll be back with you I, on Monday night. I think everyone already knows oh, yeah, going into it, out it so it might not be as shocking. I did pull up that list of uh, the best players to wear number six. All right. So we've got players like Mark Sanchez. Okay, is listed on that top five list. So that's really <laughs> okay. saying something. Uh, Jim Arnold. I believe a punter okay I, <laughs> so I will believe a punter you. is in the top five there baker mayfield uh, say what you will about him headed to carolina you might not want to say he's the best player to ever wear the number though and then johnny hecker another punter <laughs> and then jay cutler so Some stiff the argument the argument is there <laughs> Without question, on the Mount Rushmore of players to wear number six. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> it's not bad. That's it's not like bad. four out of five. <laughs> I think he's got to take the edge over Mark Sanchez. Where where will Justin Fields end up in the rank of Chicago quarterbacks? I certainly hope it's number one. I mean, I again, it's not a huge, not not a whole lot of competition. It, this is going to be a very interesting year because I. think think the Bears made the right decision in kind of holding off before going all in so it'll be interesting to see what he can do without maybe a lot of help still and kind of in a difficult situation but if he kind of 
shows some of those flashes like he did last year without a lot of pieces around him, then I think you without question go all in on the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, before we let you go, Nico, uh, into the civilian life, face-off two is apparently in the works. <laughs> okay, I'm just finding out about this now. I am too, <laughs> but this is... And I don't know if I have the words, especially <laughs> for on-air. <laughs> More shocking, That's... USC and UCLA to the Big Ten or face-off two? Face-off two. <laughs> yep, and, and then apparently con-air director Simon West... Uh, wants to bring back a sequel to that, and he wants Nick Cage in it as well. Now, that would be an interesting one. I can't really remember how that one ends. I know there's, you know, the plane obviously lands, and I think most of the people are safe at the end of the movie. It's, Spoiler it's been, alert. It's been, a while since I've, it's been a while since I've seen Con Air. Well, if you missed it last time Nico was on with us, uh, his, his love of... Uh, Nick Cage was on display. <laughs> One of the unsung actors of our generation. And you can't spell uh, Nico without N-I-C and Nicholas as <laughs> well. True. So there's kind of that that brotherhood you have Got to step into the cage. <laughs> so um, you, you'll have more time to enjoy any sequels with Nicholas Cage. And, of course, your bride as well. So you're into a new life stage with all that. Relationship status recently changed within... The last several months. So the last four months is I I may have the world record for most milestone life moments in the last four <laughs> months. Got married, bought a house, moved, and new job in like a four and a half month stretch. So it has been a whirlwind since February. <laughs> well, just go get a dog and you'll finish out the whole thing. We do have one already. Oh, got that. so yeah, I guess we have to get a second now. So <laughs> or a cat or a turtle. If uh, if my wife is listening, Mini Golden Doodle number two apparently on the horizon. We wish you all the best. We've enjoyed seeing you. Uh, I'll uh, I'll miss you on the beat at uh, various Illini media gatherings on Monday. It won't be the same when we gather around Brad Underwood without you. But um, I'm comforted that you're still here in town and that I might be able to bug you to come here and chat sports sometimes as a casual observer of athletics would love to do it i can give a different perspective hopefully from from the seats i'd love to become a season ticket ticket holder at some point that's definitely in the works it's just going to be a matter of kind of getting settled in with a new gig and then hopefully get out to some that'd be another milestone get to experience <laughs> whoa i'll get fast. to experience tailgating as well that's what i'm really uh, excited about life's so, coming Illini, fast here. Illini fans football season's right around the corner i've heard some great things on tailgating stories so i'm gonna be then wanting you, to see some of it then you just gotta round them up and get them in the stadium don't let them stay out there that'll be big so. they sell beer in the stadium now don't <laughs> you, forget guys you'd be free to like call into the post game show after friday and uh you know, I got a lot of things to say about you people. So. I've listened to a lot of Bears post game over the years, and there are some interesting callers there. So maybe I can just go full meatball into the uh, into the Illini market. That's what we're here for, my friend. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Nico. Congratulations. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Evan. Uh, thanks, we got Nico. some calls and texts to get to right after this. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with Beaver Scott Ritchie, who has another guild to tell you about. New Illini target, Beaver. And Phoenix Gill is going to be at the Kendall Gill golf outing on Monday. I see he's normally been with his father, Kendall, and Brad Underwood as well. And uh, great to see that event happening again every year. To the phones, 217-356-9397 here on Sports Talk. Gary in Urbana. Hey, Gary. Good afternoon. 
I just Jason Gay writes for the Wall Street Journal on the weekend. I don't know if you ever get that or read it, but he had a huge article on a Big Ten welcome to USC, UCLA. I just thought, can I read you a couple of excerpts? How about uh, how about one, just because we're tight on time? Uh, one of them is you've not had the thrill of a Big Ten game looking up at the scoreboard late in the third quarter and realizing that neither has crossed midfield since last Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> they're leaving. They're leaving the frozen tundra for schedule padding victories over Illinois. And the last one, they'll need to get better at ice hockey, and they'll also fall asleep watching Wisconsin try to score in basketball. <laughs> so if you, if you can find last weekend's paper, it's hilarious. Those uh, are not too far from the truth. Of course, Illinois and UCLA played to a 6-3 final um, in a bowl, right? So if I remember my history there. So. Well, he, he did a short thing on a game. It's called... Punt, punt, field goal, halftime, punt, punt, interception, punt, fumble, punt, punt, field goal. And that was the synopsis of the game. Well, the good news is they play a little more defense in the Big Ten than they do out in the Pac-12. So that's mostly what you get those results from. But, yes, the, the sentiment is not incorrect. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, if you get all of it, it's all of it's hilarious. Appreciate the, appreciate the chuckle on that. Yep, it's uh, it, the biggest thing I keep hearing people say. I might be able to ask Anthony Heron tomorrow on this. Is a lot of skill players out in yes. Southern California, USC, and UCLA, but the lines aren't as big. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird. I don't want to compare it to you know lower Big Ten teams because their skill position players are so much better than most of the Midwest teams that, that they can get, but they're also lacking, yeah, on, on the interior, both offensive and defensive lines. You know, linebackers running out there 230, 240, you, you don't see that quite as much in, in the Big Ten. So they're going to have to beef up, but they're also bringing, bringing a, a lot of speed and skill to the, to the conference. Final segment in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Okay, we're coming up on the finish line of our midweek edition of Sports Talk. Tomorrow's guests, Anthony Heron from Big Ten Network and more. And we'll also talk to Illini football players Alex Palcheski and Alex Pilstrom. Lift for life coming up on Friday. Unfortunately, though, we will not have you tomorrow, Evan. No, I am literally out the door in two minutes and ten seconds. I've got my go bag ready. I've got the quick change ready for all the theater nerds out there. Probably not a whole lot listening to sports talk. But, yes, I am on the way to the Redneck Riviera. We're going to get some sun. Some PCB? Uh, Panama City Beach? No, the the, the Midwest Redneck oh. Riviera. Uh, yeah. the, the Ozarks. So. Gonna be yeah, gonna be good. Gonna Hopefully be floating it down. No, well, got a boat for one day, mostly just kind of chilling, hanging out. Look out for fields of opium. Ah, be on the yes. lookout out yeah. there in the Ozarks. <laughs> I've seen that happen on TV before. Yeah, you you ain't gonna tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I I'm I'm not worried. They're all dead. Would you uh would you get us a glass of lemonade, please? Anyway, <laughs> if you watch the show, you know what that means. <laughs> Uh, recap, uh, Cubs win 2-1 to one over the Brewers. White Sox win in extras over the Twins, 9-8. to eight. Cardinals and Braves tonight. Mike Turk out as the head of cross country and track and field at the University of Illinois. And we talked some tennis today with Mike Cation about Wimbledon. Wimbledon. We just uh, bid adieu to Nico Hefflinger as a 
media colleague, but he's still hanging around here in town, so that's good stuff. That's yeah. the show. Yeah, Jam Pack Show. Mike Cation was really good. If you missed that, go back and, and listen to a little bit of tennis talk here on the Sports Talk. It's and important to get that in. Absolutely. And tomorrow, maybe you can kick this around. You're a one-time engineering major, right? Yes. How are they going to put a dome on Soldier Field? Is that not the dumbest idea? I, did, I, I couldn't even bring myself to click on the article because I thought it was from The Onion. Like you put it could a be done, dome. but why? It's already a spaceship that's ugly. You're gonna make it an even uglier spaceship? Please no. Please we, no. Well, we need to get Michael Martin on and discuss. There that. we go. Yeah, yeah. And why it's dumb? <laughs> okay. Why it's dumb? I mean, it's probably could be done, but it's dumb. Yeah, not a good idea. Have a great trip, my friend. We'll do. News Talk fourteen hundred and ninety three nine FM WDWS Champaign Urbana. Have a good one.